Welcome to episode two, my interview with Nicole from Minnesota. This is the Straight Up Gay Podcast. Welcome to the show. I am Major, your host for the Straight Up Gay Podcast, where I have conversations with people about their experiences and opinions related to the LGBTQ community. This podcast is dedicated to improving the acceptance of LGBTQ people by having personal conversations and sharing their experiences with our listeners. Keep in mind, this show is free of cursing, but we may have conversations about human sexuality and topics related to sex and gender that may result in awkward questions from young children. If you're not prepared to have these conversations, turn back now. Today is December 29th, 2016, and I'm having a conversation with Nicole. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Um, You are episode two, and so uh, I hope that this goes as well as I planned it out. I had a couple of technical difficulties in the beginning, but it seems like we got everything going now. Uh, I was looking at your bio just a few minutes ago, and it says that you are a 25-year-old gamer and you like music, intellectual pursuits, and you actually stream games. So can you tell me, give me a, a rough idea about who you are, give our listeners, you know, um, how you identify, and just let us know all about you. Oh, well, okay. Um, well, I'm a transgender female, to start that off, with a pretty fluid sexual orientation, not really locked into anything, but I've also never really tested it too much. Uh, my interests are pretty typical i mean i'd say i don't know i don't know what typical is do a lot of games that sort of thing um sort of fit the stereotype of trans female who works in the tech industry which i didn't realize was a stereotype for a while and then i found out it was so shame on me okay so that's Um, that's something new that i haven't heard yet um there is a stereotype for transgender women in the tech industry it's it's a bit that's what i've seen really it's just there seems to be and there may be some selection bias, but on some of the online communities I go to, seems to be a pretty high number of transgender women work in the tech field as opposed to other fields. Uh, would it be all right if I ask what you do in the tech field? Engineer. You're so an engineer? I'm, yeah. Oh, okay. So um, one of the things, so we're basically just going to try and um, do a honest intellectual, you know, inquiry into what it's like to be a transgender person. Since my guest is a transgender person, if you were homosexual, I would ask about that stuff. Uh, but since you are a transgender woman, I really just want to dive into that and kind of know a little bit about how you came to be, uh, or to, at least to came to understand that you wanted to be a transgender woman, or at least that you wanted to live your life as a woman. Uh, I'm just a straight guy. I don't know a lot of the terms and I may confuse them from time to time. Uh, as a matter of fact, my guests, uh, last night when I recorded, corrected me. Uh, if I do anything wrong, please correct me. If I say anything inappropriate, please correct me. Uh, I don't want to come across as insulting or disrespectful in any way. I just want to know about you and I don't want to get too personal, but we do want to know about your life and your experiences. So if that's all right with you, we can just go ahead and dig into that. Yeah, it sounds good. Okay. So 
how old were you when you first discovered that you weren't, I guess, cisgender or that you wanted to live your life as the opposite gender? That's kind of a complicated question because I spent a lot of my life not really knowing or understanding what it was I was going through. So I would say kind of parts of it started from a fairly young age. Okay. So um, I always had some atypical interests when I was young. Um, so, some feminine things, not like, a whole lot. Like what? Can you give us an example of some of the atypical things you would use as an example if you were to tell somebody else about it? When I was really young, um, I would be sort. I would like to play with like makeup and stuff, things like that, which was fine at a point when I was younger because it was just like a phase kids go through. But my parents ended it pretty quick as I started to get older. But I never really made a big fuss about it because it could just sort of distract me with things. And I never thought much about it until I started getting older. And the things that, uh, yeah, kind of like that. I never really thought about it. And then, you know, time went on and I got sort of older and it became more of a thing. Yeah, so probably around high school, it became more comf or, uh, controversial. Kind of. I had tendencies and weird things. So, like, even when I was, like, in, like, third or fourth grade, I would, like, wonder if you could be a girl. And I had, like, these <laughs> – it's really silly. I went to a religious school. My parents were very religious. I went to a Baptist school in the South, actually, which was just wonderful. Um. Yeah. sarcasm no no yeah. i bet I, I can imagine I, I i detected the sarcasm there i can imagine a, a religious upbringing as a transgender person would be probably pretty difficult so please continue so one of the things i would do was i would try to bargain with god a lot to see like if he could just do me a solid and just sort of magically fix everything like maybe you know he had just made me a boy sort of incorrectly maybe right. he could like just sort of give that a shot. Never, it never actually happened. Um, but, but I was pretty intent on it for a bit. Yeah. But then after a while, the real fire and brimstone part of the, you know, religious churchy side sort of became a thing. So I was sort of determined to just kind of repress because the idea of hell is really scary. And when you're a young, impressionable child, that's very real to you in a way that's hard to explain. Yeah. So, um, I can identify a little bit with that and, and let me explain. Uh, I, I've the I'm, major's not my real name. It's a handle that I'm going to be using for the show. And the reason why I chose to use a handle, uh, aside from my real name, uh, is because I want to be as open as possible about myself, but because I have a full-time job that isn't, you know, LGBTQ activism and I am a member of the military. I don't want these personal views about myself or about the LGBTQ community to affect, you know, my personal life because I have a family and I have a house to pay for and I have bills to pay. And so I don't want to create any strife. And so it also allows me to be a little more open and honest about myself in a way that I can't normally be uh, because I'm an atheist. And so when I hear people make religious arguments for why people shouldn't be LGBTQ or we shouldn't make laws, you know, giving them or ensuring that their rights are protected. Those are hard conversations for me to have because I can't be as open as I want to be because I'm like, 
I don't care about what you, your God says you can't do. Uh, that shouldn't affect anyone else. And so I have to hide a lot of what I really want to say because it's not easy to be an atheist. So um, I can identify with your struggle a little bit about not being able to um, uh, be who you want to be growing up in a religious household. So I can understand a small part of what you had to go through. Yeah, I would say that there are definitely a lot of good parallels there. So you said you grew up uh, in a fundamentalist Baptist environment. Is that right? Yes, I did. Yeah. Well, my my parents weren't exactly Baptist. They were non-denominational, uh, but they sent me to a Baptist school. So, But they were pretty yeah. devout parents? Yeah, I mean, they still go to church every Sunday. Okay. But, and- you know, all things considered, they've handled things well. Yeah, okay. And so do you still practice any religion or organized, you know, form of faith? I do not. You don't? Not anymore. Uh, is that related to you being a transgender woman or is that just a personal choice that is uh, not in any way related to that? They are incidental. They kind of coincide. Okay. I would say one led to the other. Okay. So I didn't really have great experiences at that school and I saw a lot of ugliness. For example, there was one kid in my school who was gay and he wasn't openly gay um, for a long time. He just kind of was gay. People knew he was gay and it was just a a really big thing and it was really weird and everyone kind of turned a blind eye for it until he was openly gay and he was a kid of the faculty and like they ended up kicking him out and he had to like leave his parents house and this kid wasn't even 18 yet and he had to i don't know he just disappeared that was kind of crazy and like seeing stuff like that really made me question the whole organized religion thing and then a lot of the science deny aspects of it I'm not opposed to religion. I just don't practice it in any organized form. Yeah. Okay. So it's just not um, your, it's not something that you feel is a worthwhile endeavor at this time. Yeah. Not for me. And I have some very strong beliefs about freedom from religion. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. You know, I mean, I would never tell someone not to practice religion until part of their practicing religion infringes on another person. So, um, it says, when I'm looking at your bio here, it says you tried to convince yourself that it was a fetish and that, did that lead you into drugs and alcohol? Did you have an, a substance abuse problem because you were trying to repress your transgender feelings or um, was that just coincidental as well? I would say that that was definitely a part of the reason I did those things to such an excess. Yeah, you tried to numb, um, tried to get numb oh- basically. Yeah, because, I mean, at first it was just kind of like it was just a fun thing. But then over time it became something that I did a lot and it's kind of sketchy, especially during some of the parts when I would just like a lot of pretty much anything, (laughs) things I would never do today. Like, I mean, I would smoke pot today a little bit, you know, I mean, I don't really haven't smoked a lot in years but I'm not like opposed to doing it. I'm just not super into it really heavily, but I probably wouldn't down a few bottles of cough syrup anymore. Uh, well, I hope not. And so I hope, so you're clean. I guess you would say you're clean other than the marijuana now. Yeah. But like I said, I don't really smoke. Like that's like, if it's offered to me every now and then I still drink, but not 
much. Okay. Not like just in college, me and my friends, we'd like get a really big bottle and we would just put it back. Like, you know, those big, like one and a half liter bottles. Yeah. We would put one of those away a weekend. Wow. And it was, and we did, and we did that for a long time. And then eventually I kind of. Yeah tapered down from doing it so much but you're in a good spot now right you're not you wouldn't call it you wouldn't call that you know you're an abuser of alcohol or drugs or anything like that right no not anymore yeah okay well that's definitely good to hear i'm glad that you aren't you aren't having any other issues related to that so that's good to hear and i'm happy for you so it says you stumbled on some useful resources here. So what is that exactly? Um, is that related to becoming a transgender woman that you you found help in getting there? Is that like a mental thing you kind of had to um, get to? Part of it was just knowledge that things existed. So after a while, I kind of had figured out part of what was going on, sort of. But trans exposure in the media during the 90s and early knots when i was growing up it was very bad it was maury jerry springer uh, chandler's transgender parent on friends yeah so... none of those none of those were things that gave me confidence that there was anything that thing i could do that transitioning was even something that could happen that it was possible. My only understanding was that there was some amount of surgery that I didn't really completely understand. I didn't like, basically I had this thing cemented in my mind that my options were to either like deal with it some way, like inside my head or something and not do, or, you know, repress it or like be pretty much socially outcast. Yeah. Well, that's actually funny that you bring that up because my previous guest, she said the same thing, that um, there weren't a lot of examples uh, of positive transgender people in the media. And that was one of the things she was uh, kind of happy to see uh, with other transgender actresses like Laverne Cox and and so on. And um, she said that back in the 90s, you know, homosexual people or transgender people were... Um, kind of the comic relief of the TV and it was kind of sort of like a mean humor in, in her eyes because it was like punching down is what she said. And so it's kind of funny that you bring that up is that uh, you kind of had the same experience as hers that you didn't really have any sort of ideal positive role model to look up to in the media because they were always made the comic relief of the TV show. Uh, and so I, I imagine that going forward that will probably be something that many transgender people will probably bring up uh, in conversations I have going forward. So I just thought that was funny that you brought that up. Yeah. I mean, sort of a kind of a big thing. I mean, even shows I like, and I still watch now, there'll be episodes where like something about that comes up and I'm just sitting there cringing. Yeah. It makes makes it kind of hard to watch. Yeah. Yeah. So it, you said you had some useful resources. What were those resources you were referring to? So Reddit, actually. Um, so I was on Reddit because uh, I had been introduced to Reddit by someone. And I I don't know if like I was curious and I searched for it, if I just found it through the random button. But at some point, I found myself on R Ask Transgender. Okay. And 
I sort of just lurked around there with like this almost like, I don't know. I wouldn't call it like a morbid curiosity, but I had like nothing, no idea of what to expect. I was just looking around here and I'm like, whoa, what, what is this? This is like transgender people there. There are enough of them that there's like an online community. Like, right, like they have their whole subreddit. Like this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I looked around there and I saw them talking about all these acronyms. And I'm like, what do these things mean? What are these acronyms? And then so I'm looking at I'm like, oh, they have surgeries. Oh, they have hormone replacement. Whoa, that's really interesting. What's that? Like, how does this work? So then I kept looking and I then I kept looking through there. A lot of other subreddits that just sort of I found through there. Uh, trans timelines was a big deal because I got to see people who looked like me coming out the other end. And, you know, they weren't monsters or Oh, okay. Incredibly. So I haven't seen that. People. I haven't seen that sub. Um, so you basically that sub is um, people basically taking timeline photos of their transition pro- progress. Is that what that yes. would be? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, exactly what it is, and uh, it's really, it's really good because it let me know like that it was possible to look like a normal person and like that. Yeah, I could like I look at these people and I was like, wow, you know, I would not guess or they, they could totally like walk down the road and not have people stare at them or they could like, you know, and it was a big deal to like know that they were normal people and like not just completely outcast. It was just a big deal for me personally because like, yeah, that they got to present how they wanted to look and people accepted that presentation as authentic. Yeah, exactly. And then the other thing was hormone treatment was probably one of the biggest things for me yeah i think uh you mean getting started like, or that was um something you were like knowing, oh i really want to do that kind of thing like it, knowing what do you mean existed. it was the biggest thing knowing that existed knowing that was existed probably, was a big revelation yeah. for you it was probably the single biggest thing that i was like whoa that's the thing and i can get that and so when you when you found I out think that, that, that would a, make me a lot better. Yeah, so when you found out that that was a thing, you kind of got all excited. Yeah, and it was like a long two years after that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so one of the other things I wanted to know is um, I asked if you had come out, um, and you said that you were out, but you don't tell new people that you meet. Um, and so I wanted to know more about that. Um I can understand not telling, you know, you know, walking into a room and be like, hello, I'm Nicole and I'm a transgender woman. I can understand because I don't walk into a room and be like, hello, I'm a cisgender man. So I get that. But can you go into some more um, explanation about um, when you do and don't tell someone? Um, so I don't tell in general new friends I meet. So I, or like new coworkers or things like that. Okay. So my last job, I came out on the job very well, but there's this thing that, and like people don't want to think that they do it or they want to think that they're great about not doing it. And some people are good about treating you the same, but for a lot of people, even if they are someone of allies, when they know that you are trans, they, they use the right pronouns and they use the name, 
but some of their behavior, you can tell that you really just fit this third hole. You can tell with like a lot of people that they don't actually see the same as they would see like a cisgendered female. Okay. So um, maybe can you give me an example of what you're talking about so we can maybe understand that better? Uh, it's like if a group of girls were going to plan something that was sort of like your girls' night out, it'd be common to like not really be considered for that all the time. Or like sometimes it can be harder to break into some like social groups. Like a lot of people are fine with it, but some people like it's just weird. How how they talk to you is different. Yeah. It's it's like a whole bunch of little things. And it's not like people actively trying to be jerks to you. In yeah. fact, some people that do these little things, they're like really nice people. But I just don't like to. So I guess it sounds like they just, they know that you're different. And so having that information, they don't know how to act normal around you, I guess is what it sounds like to me. Like they don't know what's appropriate like should we include her in a girls night out or should we not or uh it sounds like that maybe they just don't know how to socially be appropriate when they find out you are a transgender woman does that is that inaccurate yeah sometimes it's that and sometimes it's not even so much that like i don't know it can just be super subtle things that they might not even know they do it implicit bias and all that but yeah you know and and also I just don't I like I don't like talking about it to every single person like every like you know there's just a lot of questions and a lot of follow-up and stuff that come with it and I just don't want to expose myself to that especially if it's like someone that you know they're a friend or anything but it's not really something that they need to know like most of my friends don't really need to know that about me like if it was ever relevant I'd tell them if I was ever going to date someone I'd tell them but like not yeah, right. It's know. not it's not something you would tell them in the first week, right? Like that's probably something when you become good friends or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, I've had people like out me before, <laughs> and like that must to- be the, like, awful. Uh, it was well, it was all it was all. I had the probably the best case scenarios for both times. Someone, my one friend, outed me to. A trans man that be no, okay. Um, which is I was I was okay. Like I wasn't mad about because obviously they're trans. I'm not really worried about any trans backlash from right. them on it. Yeah, they're kind of uh, on your team, so to say. But it did feel very rude. Yeah, <laughs> like just right. so rude. Like I was kind of really mad about it, and that just. Ugh. And then the other place was. Uh, at my last job, uh, we had another coworker who was there, and uh-huh. it was we had a thing where some people brought their like partners in and whatnot, and he was gay, and like no one knew he was gay. He's like no, no, no one had an idea. Like no one, no, no, not at all. And uh, then he did that, and then my one of my bosses, trying to be like the super awesome supportive guy, was like. Oh yeah, we're totally like accepting here. I mean, X over there is actually trans, and I'm just like, oh man, it's great. This guy didn't know me before, wouldn't have any idea if you guys didn't talk about it. But there it is. That's kind of that's cool. And I wasn't like mad about it because like 
I mean, I work someplace and I figured like, you know, at some point people who are new there would figure it out anyway, but it just is so brazen. Yeah. I don't know. Something about it struck me weird. Yeah. So I don't, I don't want to make this about me, but because I'm not out about my atheism to everybody, I keep it to myself and only a few close friends and family know. I'd say maybe a dozen people probably know. Um, when one of those people put something on my Facebook page or online and, and they kind of insinuate or imply that I'm an atheist, I, I let them have it. I'm like, what are you doing? You know I'm not out. Why are you telling people this right out in the middle of the open? And they always try to play it off like, oh, it's not that big a deal. Nobody cares. And I'm like, I don't care if anybody cares. I care. Right? And so I kind of can understand how that is and how people act different about you because uh, I'm married and I have a daughter uh, and a son. And my mother-in-law, she, when my wife told her that I was an atheist, um, she got very worried that if she bought my daughter um, uh, some sort of religious thing that I would be upset about it. Like, oh, what are you doing bringing those Bibles in here or something? You know, like I would care. And it was just funny because she didn't know how to act around me anymore. Like, it was just funny because she was so concerned that I would kind of be all angry about something because it was religious or whatever. And uh, they just don't, I guess, because they don't understand what it's like uh, to not believe in a God, that they don't qu- kind of know how to act. So I can understand where you're coming from uh, just a little bit on that. So those are the only two experiences that you had when you were outed, when you didn't want to be outed. Um, what are the common reactions that you have or that you see from people when you tell them you're a transgender woman? Um. Usually, the first one is serious, and then I'm like, yeah. And then the then after a minute, they process it, and then they always ask about my genitals. Like that's almost the only time that didn't happen was when I came out to my first job and told them that I was coming out. Um, that was the only time where they didn't ask like like about that. Every other time, it's it's like literally the first question anyone thinks. Yeah, is bam straight goes in your pants, and it's like it's so predictable too. Like you're like, oh, oh here it comes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you can literally just count down, like one, two, three, four, five. There it is. Like it's 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 that. So here's invariably, a, here's a question I just thought of. Then, if you, what would be your ideal reaction? What how would you want someone to react uh, when you tell them, hey, by the way, I'm an I'm an LGBT or I'm a transgender woman? How would you if I was to tell you, hey, I'm Nicole, and uh, by the way, I'm a transgender woman, how would you want that person to react? Like, uh, oh, that's cool. And yeah. then kind of dropping it would probably be the best case scenario for me. Yeah. Maybe yeah. some questions about how long Yeah. I've been transitioned for or something like that. Yeah. That would probably be the best. I mean, I'm not opposed to people asking questions. You know, people have questions. Not people. A lot of, a lot of people don't know about it, and they got someone right in front of you. You know, where where else are you gonna get it from? So I don't like get mad over it. It's just if you're asking what the ideal dream scenario would be, yeah. it'd be that. Just be like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah cool. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So I can understand how you would just want you know it to be. Oh, okay. It's like telling someone, oh, I have brown hair. You're like, oh, okay. I have blonde hair. Awesome. You know, like, let's move on. Um, So 
I can imagine that when you do come out to some people, you've probably had some negative reactions or at least the period in which you hadn't fully transitioned or when you were still trying to figure it out where you maybe weren't, um, what I understand it to be is passing where you kind of, you just looked like a boy dressed up as a girl. Um, so do you have some negative experiences, please? Uh, I just want to know what are some of the, the things that people do that hurt, uh, transgender people so that we can share that with the audience. Uh, negative experience. So, most of my friends were pretty supportive. A lot of them didn't know what it meant. Like, I told them I was trans, and I think they really just thought that meant I liked to cross-dress all the time or something. They didn't really get it, but by the time I was doing that in college, I, I had just sort of stopped. So I didn't really come out as trans except for, like, my really close friends at the end of college. But by then, they had known something was up because I gave up any pretense of trying to act like a cis male. Like, I was just exclusively wearing women's clothing all the time and, like, was growing my hair out and, you know, all that stuff. So I don't know. Most people, the only really negative things were I did have one friend who, like, didn't straight up say he would never be able to accept it and see me as that and thought it was weird and thought the idea of transitioning was impossible and that even though you didn't have to conform to gender roles, you could never really change gender. And that was like super negative because it was a pretty close friend and hearing that from them was a very negative experience. And like, we're still kind of friends. I mean, I don't talk to them a lot anymore, mostly because I moved very far away from where I grew up. Okay. Um, but that was like the most negative reaction I got. I mean, the people I told were all really chill and yeah, for even in the south at my college it was like fairly liberal. Yeah, okay. But, so well that's that's really good. I mean, it's not good that you kind of uh your friend distanced himself, but um I've heard some pretty horrific stories of people who had come out or they it would they were outed and uh, there were violent reactions where they either were almost assaulted or they did get assaulted. And so um, you've never experienced any sort of physical assault because someone discovered you were transgender or you told them that you were transgender. No, no, I never have. Um, I've always kept a pretty close, tight-knit group of friends and just, you know, I don't know, yeah. really cool people. Well, that's good. I mean, um, I, it's not that I wanted to hear a story about you being assaulted, <laughs> but um, uh, I know that that is a real risk that a lot of transgender people um, have to consider when they tell someone that they're a transgender person is they they have a, a real life concern about their physical safety um, because a lot of transgender people do get attacked uh, simply for the fact that uh, they are transgender and f usually for no other reason. Um and so I didn't know if you had any experiences like that or not. And it sounds like you haven't. And I think that's a wonderful uh, thing to have happened in our day and age is where people can come out and not have a guaranteed risk that they may be assaulted. So uh, I'm definitely happy to hear that you haven't had any experiences like that. And I hope that you never do. Yeah, I hope so too. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to keep my streak going. Yes, please keep it going. I there were awkward times yeah, um, like what? that were weird because in my college, I, I wasn't 
trying to do a whole battle over the bathroom, especially since I had only really begun to transition socially like during my last year and a half. So there were really weird times of having to use the men's room when I was on campus. I didn't when I was off campus um, because like no one really knew me. Mm-hmm. But when I was on campus, I didn't. So it led to some awkwardness and weirdness. So let me, let me just see I was if never I threatened. That. Let me see if I get that clear. So when you were on campus and you were dressing at, or presenting as a woman, you would use the, the ladies room. No, I wouldn't because I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't, (laughs) because I didn't want to, there wasn't really a precedent for it at the school I went at and I didn't want to start a big thing over it because at the time it wasn't out to my parents, which is a very calculated decision um, because they were paying for my college at the time and they would have taken me out of school if they'd known. Yeah. Okay. So I just kind of dealt with it and that was really awkward and weird and I kind of hated it, but. (laughs) <laughs> like, so you I would be in didn't... the men's room looking like a woman and run into a guy going in or out and it would just be really awkward awkward double takes yeah and weirdness <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> to say the least so, it was pretty i tried to avoid it as much as i could you would have preferred to use the ladies room for obvious reasons because i've seen your profile photo and had i not known you were a transgender woman i wouldn't have been able to tell that you were uh, transgender. So, uh, the way I can see it, you are completely passable as a woman. And so it must look like, uh, there's a woman walking into the men's room, right? Yeah. It, my hair wasn't quite as long then, but yeah, it was, I passed well enough that most of the time in public, I wouldn't get stared at a lot. I was super nervous about it though. Like whenever I did use the women's restroom off campus, like, a, like at a Walmart or food line or something, I mean, that's a grocery store. Food line. Anyway, well, they don't have them where I live at now, so I say food line and everyone's confused. Um, yeah. but whenever, uh, yeah, I'd be kind of nervous about it, but yeah, I never had bad interactions doing that. The weirdest parts were doing it on campus, and like I probably could have done it and got away with it because at the time I didn't know that like you could and not like. I don't know. I just didn't want it to become a thing at my school and get kicked out. It was yeah. Well, that's real, an understandable concern, especially if your parents are paying for your college. You wouldn't want your religious parents getting wind of anything like that and uh, get some sort of idea that you were pushing the gay agenda or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was a good move on my part because when I eventually did come out to my parents, which I waited a long time. Actually, I waited. <laughs> I waited about as long to come out to my parents as I possibly could because I actually moved and got a job out of state started hormones and all that good stuff and then it came to a point for like about almost a year after me having been on hormones my dad was going to come visit with my grandmother oh man (laughs) and they were gonna they were gonna physically be here so it's like oh well I kind of have to tell them now yeah for (laughs) sure so um could you maybe give us a timeline uh of how and when you know you went through different stages of your transition, if you don't mind. So, like, let's say, like, in sixteen, you, you know, I'm just giving you an example. If you were sixteen, you're like, oh, you know, I kind of want to wear lipstick, and then I want to start growing my hair out. Like, how did you, um, as far as your outward appearance and your transition progress? How, uh, uh, give me a timeline of that, if you would. Okay, so I'll start from youth. Okay, a uh, kid have some of those atypical interests or whatever. 
parents put a stop to it. That's fine. Shiny things. Keep going uh, through my grade, grade school years. Keep having these ideas, these thoughts, these fantasies, and nothing really works or happens. And I kind of just repress it, put it away. I get older, and I, you know, was pretty heavy set when I was in high school, and so I was always not comfortable with my own skin. So my first plan to attack this was to get in better shape because, you know, of course I'll be like way more happier with myself then. Uh, so then I'm still like not good. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to grow my hair out because I'd always liked long hair. And I thought it was awesome that people could wear long hair. And so I grew my hair out, which is probably the next step. Uh, at around this time, you know, I kind of knew that I would if I could, but I couldn't. I didn't see it as like a possibility thing. And then I also thought that, you know, I was trying to convince myself that it was like a kink or a fetish that I could just deal with through like a weird sexual manner and then be like totally good. And so I did that. And when um, when then, was this there, about? When when what time of your life was that going on? That would have been high school age okay. to early college. Okay. That I did that. All right. Um then I shaved my head one time. Um, I'm not sure why. I think, oh, it was really hot. And I don't know. I just shaved my head. And that was pretty miserable. Because I also shaved my eyebrows. And that was, made me look like a skinhead. And yeah. Wow. That, that was, that was pretty, that was, <laughs> I looked, I looked, because at the time I was, I was really thin. Because I didn't eat a lot. Because I would hang out with my friends. And, you know, we would smoke and we would skip meals. And I, I was just, I was really <laughs> If I showed you a picture, you'd think I was, you'd literally think I was like ill. Like people, especially when I shaved my head, like people thought I was sick. Um, okay. Anyway, so I, I grew my hair out again and I was like, I'm never doing that again. So I grew my hair out and I was getting it long and I was starting to like, starting to do things like I pierced my ears in college. I started wearing like painted nails. It was only black at the time because, you know, I was, was like, guys can totally do that, right? Black's cool. Spike did it and Buffy. So obviously I'm cool. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, and then uh, I grew my hair out and I bleached it blonde. <laughs> it came out kind of bad. It was kind of orange. And then I like was sitting in math class one day and I freaked out and I was like, I got to cut my hair. I got to cut my hair. So I cut my hair and then it all sort of snapped in my head. I was like, I can't do this anymore. And like, I can't do it anymore. So I waited a little bit and then one night I got drunk and it came out to my girlfriend. And then from there, it was just a slow progression to being at the end of school where I was like completely female all the time, but I had a really hard time finding work. Um, so as like a new graduate trying to get an entry level position, that was hard enough. Being female, that was hard enough. I didn't feel like I was quite great at passing in interviews. I got some jobs, but they were like, one was teaching at a summer camp for the Duke tip program, which is a talent identification program. It's like a three week summer camp where they take all these crazy smart kids and give them school for eight hours a day because they find it fun. <laughs> and um, okay. they were actually super awesome. They knew I was trans and everything and yeah. didn't tell anyone I worked with. And it was really cool, but I couldn't find like real stable work. So I, after like eight months of looking for like a full-time job, I'm like, I've got to go back in the closet again, don't I? So I did and in a month I got a job. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. So wait, let, can we stop there for just a second? So you, uh, presenting as a woman, uh, would you say you were passable at that time? You hit or miss really. Okay. My voice was the thing that I still find not good. 
and I don't think it was better then. And I would say, like, I passed well enough. I'm sure that there were people that could piece it together fairly easily. Yeah, okay. But, you know, I, I'd say I passed better now, but back yeah. then I'd say, like, maybe a 640 split. Okay. But then there are lots of times where it, I don't know if it was a passing issue because I just wouldn't get many callbacks, like, just based off my resume. And that number went up even when I changed the name on my resume, which was... Yeah, so then you so started could, you went back to presenting as a man and you used your male name or a male name and then you just got more calls and eventually got a job as a man. Yep. And you it was, and you're a white woman now, but at that time you would have been a white man. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And privilege so, at its finest. Right, yeah. So when I have conversations with people about privilege, I try to explain you know, the studies that people do where they will take a, the same exact resume and just change the name from Jose to Joe and the number of callbacks like triple, you know, and the, the resumes are the exact same thing. And I'm like, that is an example. Oops. I just hit my mic. I'm like, that is an example of privilege. Like they just changed the name. So you, you, you went from Jose to Joe, which is a Caucasian sounding name going from a Hispanic sounding name or a Latino sounding name to a Caucasian sounding name, you know, the average Joe and they like triple the callbacks. I'm like, that's your white male privilege. Like it, yeah, you don't get a check in the mail for your white male privilege. Cause that's the kind of uh straw man they like to build about it. But yeah. Uh, so that's another real life example of, okay. So you were presenting as a woman, probably more than 50% passable as a woman and just not getting callbacks. Did you have to change your resume much? Uh, or was it just the name? Oh, no, I just changed the name. I just changed the name and I got more callbacks and it was like my first interview for a job I got hired, which that specific job probably would have hired me even if I had, I don't know. I later found out that that job had like a, they had a ridiculously high turnover rate. Um, They, they really like to get tons of young uh, students right out of school, uh, Okay, work with this ridiculous model. And eventually, most of them who got wise would, like, leave. I mean, it was just, I don't know. They misrepresented the job a bit. They might have hired me regardless. I don't really know. But I do know that how many calls I got was it was ridiculous. I don't know. I was floored by it. It kind of, I don't know. It was, it was, I definitely, like, was very aware, like, of the privilege at that time. Like, it was probably one of the first instances where I saw, like, in my actual life, really real tangible instance of it that I, that I was like knowledgeable of and aware of. And I probably experienced it my entire life in different respects, but just never knew it. It was just like, yeah, it's, it's hard to detect your privilege when you're getting privilege and you don't have to be one of the people who doesn't receive it. Right. So, uh, it's, it's hard to recognize that. I know it took me a while to realize that I had some privileges just from being a straight white middle-class man right so uh i it it took me a while to get woke myself and so uh whenever i have these conversations with people i try to at least let them know like i understand why you don't see it uh but here's what i'm trying to tell you is it's a real thing and uh so that's usually how those conversations go is they they don't recognize that it's even a, a thing that exists and so uh please continue with your timeline so you were trying to get hired and then yeah, and then so I got hired, and I moved um, like just, I think it's twelve hundred miles from my home state to the Midwest, 
And I, uh, my plan with this job was, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to work there. And then I'm going to start hormones on working there. And I'm going to work there for like a year. And I'm going to become so good at this job that I'm like irreplaceable. Like I'm going to become so good that when I tell them that I'm trans and I'm in a transition, that they're just going to be like, well, okay, we can't afford to lose you. Right. And <laughs> which yourself, was kind of <laughs> <laughs> make yourself someone they plan. couldn't let go. Right. <laughs> yeah. That was my plan. Yeah. Um, three months into it, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. I'm not waiting. I'm just coming out. And if they fire me, they fire me, but I can't do this anymore. So I did. And it went really well. Um, so everyone was cool with it. Did you just like go into your boss's office and say like, uh, by the way, uh, I want to be a woman. And so I'm going to start training. Like, how did that, when you said you were going to come out or you were going to tell people like how, what do you mean by that? So we had a kind of sort of HR person. This was a small to medium sized company. We okay. had, uh, so we had like, you know, we just had a kind of sort of HR person. So I just sent them an email. I was like, Hey, I need to meet with you about something. Can we, can we find a time? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did that. So then I went and I told him, I was like, hey, here's the dealio. I am trans and I've been taking hormones for a while and I like live as a woman outside work all the time and I just can't do this whole doing it like two separate things um, anymore. And, you know, I'd like to keep working here, um, but I'm going to have to do this on the job. And like, you know, it, you know so I'd, I'd like to keep working here if you guys you know, don't want to fire me or anything. I don't know how you guys feel about this. And they're like, oh, no, it's cool. It's fine. It's good. No, you're good. Um, and I was like, and I'm like, and, you know, you know, the bathroom question, of course. And they're like, yeah, that's fine. I don't have a problem with it. There were like two other women that worked at this office. She's like, I'll ask them. I mean, I'm certain they won't care. No one's going to care. And then the HR person was like, okay, well, do you want to tell the owners? Do you want me to tell the owners? And I was like really nervous this whole time. Like I was shaking. Like, I don't know. Oh, I, I could imagine. I was, and so I was like, you can tell them that'd be cool. <laughs> so like, okay, so I'm going to tell our, like, your, your like kind of highest boss and then the two owners, and then we're going to come up with a day. And then what we originally did is we had this meeting every 3.30. We called it Beer 30, okay. um, where they would have this big group meeting of all the developers and support people that worked there. And they would just talk about all the projects and close that week. So the plan was they were going to do it was the Friday I picked, I was going to leave work and not go to that meeting and they were just going to address it with all of the staff and everything and then when i you know that next monday just come in and you know be me and they'd done this dance before they had someone who'd worked there previously who was trans and i don't know why they weren't still there if they left to find another job or anything but they said that they had done it before so you know they weren't entirely, it wasn't entirely foreign concept to them. Okay. And so, and so that's where you, oh. that's where you started your, I would say what I would consider your official transition, taking hormones and planning to basically yeah. live your entire life day in and day out as a woman. That was the beginning of your official transition right there. Yeah. I mean, I'd started taking hormones a few months before. Um, right. But at that job, but I just couldn't I mean. do the, the job thing anymore yeah so then um after that i worked there for a bit um but that job was really stressful and it was it was just a really hard job and it was just a lot of stuff so i stayed there and i got some experience 
And then I started looking for another job, which I eventually found. Um, and at the other job, I, I still hadn't at this point legally changed my name yet. Because there are a few hurdles to legally changing your name. Yeah, so um, it's, it's really don't, expensive. don't get there yet because that was one of the positive. I asked you for a positive experience you would like to share. So um, that's what I want to know is what was the best experience you've had during your transition? Was it getting your legal name changed? Yeah, I would say that was because then because it was my legal name and my legal gender. So <laughs> finally, I could. All my driver's license, like all my IDs would be good. I wouldn't like have to be like embarrassed anytime like someone had to look at my id or anything you know that was just a big deal for me yeah so and it was also could you go into detail about uh if you don't mind what state that was in and what you had to do to go through to get that if you don't so mind. minnesota um which is probably like one of the best states to have to be trans in um, okay honestly like it's okay so to all tremendous. the trans listeners everybody moved to minnesota yeah, Minnesota's up there on the list. It's probably like, it's probably the LGBT mecca of the Midwest if you stay in the Twin Cities area. I had don't, no idea. Don't, <laughs> don't go out to the rural areas because it gets it gets very similar to the South pretty quick. But you know, you stay in the cities, it's pretty it's pretty LGBTQ friendly here. So, um, the biggest thing for me was the financial expense. It was just hard to save up to like three hundred some odd dollars that I needed to file for it. Um, then you have to have the extra money for the certified copies. Part of it is you have to live in the same county for a certain amount of time. You have to get two witnesses who know you to come into court with you, which is another obstacle. You, that's probably the last big one. You need a letter from your doctor, which I got from my wonderful, wonderful doctor who oversees my hormone therapy. Gave me a nice little notarized letter to take in that said I had done medically necessary treatments to have my legal gender changed, which in our state, really, you just need a letter from the doctor. It's not like some states, like um, my birth state of North Carolina, where it's a lot harder. Like, I actually still can't get my birth certificate changed uh, because I was unfortunate enough to be born in North Carolina, where a full uh, sexual reassignment surgery is required to change that information. Okay, so you can change it in North Carolina, but you have to do the full srs surgery yeah i don't know if you have to do that for license you have to do it for birth certificate um oh, okay which is what i still have there and here in minnesota my knowledge is you don't have to do that for a birth certificate also another thing here in minnesota you don't have to do which is common in a lot of states um for a name change you have to publicize it in a newspaper um for reasons of avoiding fraud that seem archaic because i mean newspaper oh, really anyway well i can kind of see the other side of that if you were in a lot of debt or something like that and you ch legally change your name yeah I, it would still be able to be tracked but i guess it'd be know, harder and yeah. i i understand where it came from some states let you waive it so uh, would you have to put an ad out saying hey uh joe bob is changing his name to jill bob yeah, you have to do that in some states, not in Minnesota, which it's, is another reason why it's good to live here. But you don't have but to it specify is, that you're because you're transitioning, right? Like, no, but it's like a, a male name to a female name. People usually get the hint. And yeah, okay. Fair enough. I, I, I mean, I guess unless you use gender neutral names, you know, like um, Tony or something like that. Yeah, fair enough. That would work. That yeah. would work. But that was something I didn't have to do in this state, um, which is pretty cool. Okay. And that was a big deal because 
getting hired at a job because it's really awkward getting hired at my current job because at my current job i'm not out to the people i work with and anyone who knows has pieced it together but i got hired at this job without having updated my documentation because i interviewed with the people but the hr department at this particular job is like all the way in another state so the people i was talking to to set up payroll and everything like that wasn't my manager so basically they sent me this packet of information to fill out and mail back to them mm -hmm. and i was like so I'm trans and I would really like it if you could not tell my coworkers or immediate supervisor. And they're like, we will not tell anyone. Just put your legal name and when you change it, we will update it. You and did, uh, I and didn't. The HR department did that, right? Yep. Oh, okay. So that was really cool. Good um, on them. Yeah, definitely. That's really good. And so then I got it changed and everything. And everything's updated now, so it's not really a worry. But okay. it was, it's just nice to have that certainty of not having to do that. And the last thing I'm doing here soon is I'm applying for a passport uh, before the 20th. Oh, okay. So that's interesting. Um, so how does that play out? Would you just have to use your legal documents? Would So you can't change your birth certificate, right? I can't. But right now, um, because Obama's executive policies were very trans-friendly, the State Department doesn't require your passport gender marker to match your birth certificate gender marker mm. uh, because uh, because that's that's just their current policy it's not uh, there's no law or anything that's yeah that guaranteed. would probably be just an executive order or something like that mm -hmm. exactly and they still sometimes they hassle you but the information's on their site talk to enough supervisors eventually i haven't been to the one here in minnesota but seeing how it's so liberal i doubt i'll get issue yeah. basically you just have your driver's license your birth certificate, a letter from your doctor helps take that in. They give you with the, the one with the proper gender marker that lasts 10 years. So hopefully long enough to outlive um, any unfavorable presidencies that may occur, that which could definitely affect those policy decisions. Yeah, but at least um, you would have your passport and it would be good for what, five years, right? Well, I think it's up to 10. Oh, okay. And this is this is a big deal specifically because for most purposes you'll always notice that they that they require two forms of id one's usually like some sort of id where they can see who you are and one's a proof of citizenship yeah which a birth certificate is used for right. a passport is valid id for that second box yeah it is you wouldn't so, have to use your birth certificate you could use your passport and your license exactly it and keeps you from having to those, right exactly it keeps you from having to out yourself to anyone yeah like a future employer or something yeah hmm. well i wish you luck i hope that all goes well for you i think that would be a great thing to for you to get done so you wouldn't have to out yourself with legal documents because you can't get them changed because north carolina is an awful state yep i'm so glad i don't live there anymore <laughs> <laughs> i can imagine um so getting your legal name and gender changed was your most that was as far as being a transgender person the the peak of your happiest experiences definitely okay. it was it was it's like government validation <laughs> yeah like you're being officially recognized as a woman now exactly yeah. it was probably it was just a, it was a really big deal yeah i can imagine how that would be satisfying for sure so um when i asked if your family was supportive and you said it was complicated so you are, uh, you have announced to your parents that you are a transgender person. Is that correct? Yeah. 
Yes, I have. So I'm out to them and they're supportive. If it's, it's just, they, their weird belief system is kind of like about it is odd. So one of the, so I was definitely right not to tell them because they, they basically pretty much said when I came out to them is like, Oh, well, I guess it is a good thing you waited so not to tell us. Cause we would have definitely pulled you out of school. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, <laughs> yep. I felt good though. I felt like I made the right call there. Yeah, um, definitely. For sure. But then, you know, they they mess up my pronouns sometimes, but they try. They correct themselves and they do it. They use this right name and everything. So they're supportive in that aspect. They they still die hard. That's, well, pretty much die hard Republicans in most cases. They didn't vote for McCroy a second time, but they still, like, really, really support the party. And in are North Carolina, oblivious. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. in North Carolina. And, you know, they're still really completely oblivious to how that affects me oh about the transgender bathroom law yeah that and just the general like hostility kind of really weird oppressive laws that the small government party likes to try to enforce things like the uh, first amendment defense act things like that yeah they don't really understand why they're bad things all the time and that's kind of frustrating but in general they're supportive of me they're not supportive of transgender people as a whole they're way cooler with transgender people like my mom i think still is like really convinced that being gay is really wrong but isn't so convinced that being trans is wrong which is like an interesting viewpoint but i think it's just the Hmm. the the mental gymnastics she does for me yeah um yeah so she's doing her best to reconcile her religion and still love her daughter yeah yeah, but <laughs> she's not like super big about yeah gay people or anything, which is just I don't know. It's weird yeah, to me. No, it's definitely I can understand how really religious people can't um, really get there per se because the um, the holy text of their religion kind of explicitly says you can't do that stuff, right? And so I could see how it would take some. Um, mental rationalizations to get from your faith to your child being a transgender person. So I can definitely see how it would take some, you know, cognitive dissonance to get there. Um, how about your dad? Uh, what about your dad? Um, it was awkward, but I don't, I don't know. He's fine with it. Do you think it was an awkward conversation better than your dad did or. Oh, they about the same really. Okay. Um, it, Part of what I had going for me is I'm their only child, so oh, yeah. it's not like they have fallbacks. So, like, you know, it's not like they had a, a better child. But, you know, I could have been, like, you know, trans and gay or something, and then they, they would still have the other kid that they could talk to and just sort of ignore me, you know? So yeah, that kind of played in my favor. But in general, I don't know. They both took it fairly well. They were very, like, shocked on the phone and, like, good. Just oh, like, so you didn't even do it in person? Oh no, 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 no! Because, like I said, they were coming to visit, so oh, you know, yeah. I didn't want, I didn't want that to that that to be, um, like it was just, oh, I'm going to go meet them when they get here, and then surprise, I wanted to avoid that, so I, I told them over the phone. Yeah. Um, and I actually tried to do it a few times and just couldn't. Um, it just took a long time for me to get the guts to, even though I knew that there was nothing they could do about it. And like, 
they didn't have any real power over me anymore. It was still a really intimidating conversation to have. Well, yeah, for sure, because that could be pretty devastating for your parents to pretty much just um, cut you out, right? Like, okay, fine, we don't even know who you are anymore. Don't call, don't, you know. I mean, that's a real consequence that I'm sure some people have experienced where they've told their parents and they were so um, attached or so reluctant to allow that because of their faith or whatever reason, if it's just something that makes them feel icky, that they would just say, well, don't call here until you get yourself straight or whatever, you know? And so I can imagine, uh, I know when I told my family and stuff, uh, that I no longer believed in a God that, uh, that was pretty nerve wracking for me because my sister is a Catholic and my dad was raised Catholic and I don't, he doesn't really participate anymore, but my sister does. And so telling them, I was really nervous, so I can understand trying to tell the people who are supposed to love you unconditionally uh, that you've made such a drastic change in your life that um, you would be fearful of their reaction. So that's totally understandable. I can see where you're coming from. And so you're not active. You don't participate in any organized religion now, right? It's just your parents thing. Yeah, that's just my parents. And I mean, even for a while, I hadn't. Like once I got out of high school my parents were like you don't have to come with us to church anymore and i was like cool awesome yeah <laughs> i'm gonna sleep in on sunday yeah okay so now that um you are into your official transition have you are you happy with where you're at now or do you plan to go further i i took it from the context that you haven't done the sexual reassignment surgery um, um i have not yet yeah and but- that's is in that a large place part. you want to go, do you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely is. It's some I mean, for a long time it was it was just sort of I'll worry about it when I'm ready to, and then it's recently become a thing where it's like, okay, well, I gotta start thinking about a five year plan here. And the daunting thing is financially it's a huge burden. I can imagine, uh, yeah. Surgeons, it's incredibly difficult because they're all different. There aren't that many of them that are highly skilled and reputable and do it a lot. There's varying techniques between Western surgeon and Eastern surgeons. There's you only get one shot at it. It's uh. You mean West Coast and East Coast, not like the like um not no, like China actually, and Japan, like Eastern uh, doctors. Thailand, Thailand oh. actually. Oh yeah. There's okay. Two. There's two or three. I think it's two. It might be three. Pretty well known surgeons there who do it, and they use a different technique than um you would see in. The West, which would be pretty much America and Canada, uh, where there's doctors on the East and West Coast and some good ones in Canada. Okay, so you um, did mean the Far East, not just East Coast. Yeah. West Coast. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, and they all range in price. They range in recovery time. They range in a lot of things. So it's a really, it's a huge invasive surgery. <laughs> is I mean, you, you know, the results are generally good. There are, there are some bad ones. So, so it's a risk. So something um, I learned recently with the previous guest was that when you begin the hormone therapy, you go through a second puberty and your secondary gender characteristics come out. Yes, it's very true. Yeah. So that was new information for me. And so um, as part of your transition, I, geez, I don't want to get too personal. This sounds like it might be too personal, but do you think you would need a breast augmentation or something like that as well? Or did your secondary gender characteristics develop okay? Um, 
so far so good if that's too personal please I, tell me to stop oh because i don't i don't want to be too oh. intrusive or you know like you said you don't want people talking about you know as soon as they t- find out you're transgender like hey what's your d- look like oh, i said d- i should oh. have said that <laughs> what's your penis look like you know so far so good i've been on hormones two years those changes can take a while yeah. i've probably seen most of the girls i'm going to see but it might change still somewhat for the next year or so um generally i don't like the idea of breast augmentation for me yeah <laughs> um, but you're happy with really what you're happy with what you've gotten through the hormone therapy is what i'm asking yeah i mean if things right like i mean i'd be okay with more growth but if things were how they were right now i wouldn't be like upset about it or anything it, it wouldn't i wouldn't go so far if it stopped where you were right now yeah i wouldn't go if it stopped right now i wouldn't go get like breast augmentation or anything i okay. don't think then you would just be the average woman going oh, i wish i was just a bigger cup right yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, sorry if that got too personal there. I didn't want to be too intrusive, you know, and start asking about what's in your pants or anything like that. Um, but I do want to move on to, um, so these two questions I usually try to ask towards the end. So we're about to finish up here, but, um, what is something that worries you about the future as far as, you being a transgender person and your acceptance or the legalities of your transgender personality uh, in the world? What's something that concerns you about what's going on? Um, I'm mostly, so there's, there's kind of two things that are big ones for me. One is, um, and this is a double-edged sword, so it's a good thing. It's a bad thing is this increased awareness of trans people in the media uh, Caitlyn Jenner being an example, yeah. which was unfortunately timed very close to when I came out at work and I had a very customer facing position. So I had more than one people ask if it was related to that. And I was like, no, 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 just unfortunate timing. Uh, yeah, I can see how um, that happens. Yeah. Uh, and then th- that kind of thing brings more attention. So more people talk about it. You see like really transphobic views. I read a lot of Reddit. Uh, this more awareness brings more trans threads and popular subreddits brings more things where I'm reading through like comments and like, Oh, this is terrible. Or like more people actively looking for trans people, which I could see being kind of annoying. Um, so it's good because this is sort of the path to it becoming more mainstream and these views sort of disappearing, but it's also bad because before you could live in pretty obscurity. And if you pass well enough, you know, no one would really consider you being trans. But now it's getting to the point where, like, you know, people notice a few weird things and it could be, like, I don't know. Right, so it's on their ra- it's on their radar more because of it being uh, so brought up in the media that, hey, that person kind of looks like a man. Uh, I wonder mm-hmm. if he's transgender. <clears throat> so I can yeah. And that's bad for everyone involved. You ask that to a trans person, the trans person feels terrible. You ask that to a cisgender girl, she feels terrible because now in her mind, she thinks she looks like a man. Like yeah. stuff like that, just, it isn't bad for everybody. Well, and you hear those nightmare stories of since the North Carolina bathroom bill where the the girl who went into the ladies room looked a little too much like a boy and someone confronted her and she's like, no, I'm a girl, you know, and yep. I, that could probably be be pretty devastating for someone's self-confidence that you're mistaken for a man when you're actually a woman or vice versa. Yeah. And like, I mean, I feel bad for like really butch looking lesbians because they're probably going to get harassed. Yeah. I'm sure they are getting harassed. And uh, it's kind of dumb. And then that's the other side of it is the political atmosphere right now is 
very unfavorable. I mean, I'm not even going to lie. After the election results came in, I spent a pretty, pretty non-significant week or two. I was like fairly depressed because like not only did, did like we lose a president who is very progressive as far as LGBT rights, LGBTQ rights go, we're bringing in like the polar opposite of it. And then we lost both form both parts of Congress. Like we didn't just we, we didn't even keep one. Um, so it just a really unfavorable. In my own state, we lost control of our state house. So now it's a Republican run state uh, state legislature. We still have a Democratic governor who's really well liked, who would never let anything um, pass that would be bad for the LGBT community in a million years. And they don't have the votes to feed to undo his veto, like in North Carolina, where they have a supermajority. But you know, that's going away in two years. So we could lose that in my state. We don't have a favorable thing on the federal level. So it's a really, really scary period. Where like, you have Republicans basically saying, Oh, yeah, that First Amendment Defense Act, we're, we're totally putting that back through this, uh, this upcoming cycle. And there's not really, uh, I don't know, there might not be enough people to block it. Things like that are scary. Things like that just let blatant discrimination occur. That's, it's not a happy time. Yeah, I can definitely understand you. how, as a transgender person, that would be very concerning for you because uh, looking into some of the things that Mike Pence has done in the past, and he's going to have an influence on uh, oh our next God. president, Donald Trump, and... Um, I I definitely was concerned. Um, I know I didn't vote for Trump. I've been pretty open about that with people that I know. And um, when Hillary lost and and Trump won, uh, people contacted me and were, were like, I, I think they wanted to gloat. And so they're like, oh, how you doing kind of thing. And I'm like, ah, I'm fine. And they were surprised. And what do you mean you're fine? And I'm like, I didn't vote for me. I'm a straight white male in the middle class. Anything Trump does isn't going to affect me in the slightest. But I wasn't voting for me. I wasn't voting to make my life better. My life is pretty good. I had it pretty awesome. I don't have anything to complain about. I was voting for the people who are immigrants who are trying to come here and make their lives better or for transgender people who want to be able to use the bathroom that they identify with or same-sex couples or, you know, like my uh, homosexual family members and, and my son who is, who is gay. He, you know, came out to us a year or two ago. I, I voted for them. I didn't vote for me. If I wanted to vote for me, I would have voted for Trump because I'm sure he will make it better for a straight white man who want to make America great again. Right? Like I have no doubt. So nothing's going to get any worse for me, but I wasn't voting for me. And so they expected me to be devastated. And I'm like, no, but, I'm not that selfish. I just feel bad for those people who now have a president who they are not entirely sure is going to stand up for their rights uh, like uh, President Obama did. You know, I mean, like you said, he's been pretty progressive towards homosexual and transgender people. And I thought that we made some really good strides forward uh, having him as a president as far as LGBTQ rights are concerned. And I am as far as that goes, I'm sad to see him go. And. I'm definitely not looking forward to Trump being president. So I definitely share your feelings on that. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a time yeah. for sure. 
So now I want to try and make it a little more positive. What is something that makes you hopeful about the future as a LGBT person? Uh, it's probably definitely say it's general public perception is better now than it was five or 10 years ago, as far as trans people in general, but you're still not and, a gender fan. Oh no, no. And that's nothing to do with that's entirely to do with, I'm not a fan of the whole Kardashian clan or anything in general. I wasn't before and I'm not going to magically be now that right. you know, there's and like, and plus she's, terrible icon for the community i feel like personally i mean she said some things about not supporting a lot of social programs that are that i know for a fact a lot of trans people are dependent on yeah and i think she was still a republican right yeah and she's she's so far detached because this is what money does um when you have money a significant amount of money even if you're part of a marginalized class you are entirely detached from the every day-to-day struggle yeah you really like you get that point and you no longer have that struggle and you kind of just it's really easy to forget about it and i don't know that's why i don't i don't know i just i don't like her as a trans icon i i just personally don't yeah no i can understand that um but the the general thing i mean you're starting to see more acceptance you see really cute stuff now and uh and tv shows now like you still occasionally see like trans being butt of the joke but now you're seeing it in ways that are less like overtly disgusting like i saw this one little clip from a clip from a show called dr ken (laughs) i don't watch the show but i've seen it a few times i know what you're talking about yeah go ahead yeah yeah where he goes and he asks about the dress and the mother's like oh well okay if this is something you want to explore he's like no no no, it's not for me but you handled that great like you know that that was kind of good nice i get it it's a couple really good there's like, I think it was like a Dove or something commercial, like a deodorant commercial that was really like trans supportive. There was a commercial for like a hair straightener that was from, I want to say like Finland or something that was like really cute. You just, you see a lot more really positive representation in media and that kind of is a signal of where things are trending. Yeah. And so I think that like in general, there's a lot of support for us. I mean, if you look, McCrory lost the state legislator. Yeah, I was in definitely a large part happy to because see people, that. Yeah, and, and he lost it. A lot of the vote was because of that as an NHB2 law. People thought it was a dumb law, which not only did it have the bathroom effects, it devastated um, all sort of discrimination protections. Uh, took away local municipalities' ability to put their own protections in place. Yeah. It stopped state courts from doing cases with discrimination like it was it was a really far-reaching law the like whole bathroom bit makes a really big soundbite good soundbite to argue against and i agree it's terrible but the whole like every part of the law is garbage yeah there was a lot uh, of there was a lot of uh, dynamics to that that made it even worse yeah and people like even like in a you know state like that they rallied against it um and that's pretty cool to see you know yeah definitely that's exciting so and i think that's a where things are going yeah in the end i i can see that i i definitely can see a more positive um lgbt representation in commercials and media and you kind of see when one of the commercials will have you know two dads on there people will kind of lash out online like on twitter and stuff but there's usually plenty of people in opposition to you know to 
to refute those people and be like, hey, look, uh, I don't care if Campbell's has a commercial with two dads. They make good soup, you know, kind of thing. So, um, Exactly. Yeah, so I can definitely see that. And I think that's a good way that the country's – or it's good that the country's going that way as well. Um, so one of the things I also want to get to before we go is I like to try and – bring out or make people more aware of organizations that they may not have been aware of that are LGBTQ supportive. And so do you know of any, or did you get help from any organizations um, that helped you either for your transition or for any medical stuff that you needed uh, or anything like that? Uh, Never through like any official organizations. I had a lot of support. Um, in large part from the Reddit trans community is actually just really amazing. <laughs> There's yeah. so many good people there. That's primarily where it came from. Um, there were some, there was a counselor at my college. It was pretty cool that I talked to for a bit. I was trying to see if they would be able to, like, I was trying to get a hormone prescription when I was in college, but it was, I couldn't see a therapist. There were some programs at my school that were great. So if you're in a, like a public college or anything, definitely check those out because they have lots of really cool things there depending on the state you're in. Do they have like, um, a, I don't know what the right term would be, but like a social organization, you know, like a group for transgender people or LGBT people? I don't, honestly, I don't really know any. I never, um, I know there's actually, goodness, if I could look it up. I know there's um, a couple out there right now that I can't remember the names for, but I know specifically we're out there to help trans people fund their uh, their passport applications. Oh, okay. Um, which is a big deal because those are expensive, but I can't remember the names of them. Yeah. I know that there's a hashtag group trans law help on Twitter. That's a coalition of lawyers giving pro bono advice for trans individuals living in their districts regarding name changes. Yeah. Um, paperwork that they need, stuff like that. Well, that's good. To those hear. are about the only things that pop off off the top of my head. Yeah. And so I definitely want to plug, um, the reddit uh community of ask transgender the r transgender for people who don't know if you're listening and you don't know what reddit is you can just go to reddit r-e-d-d-i-t dot com and then you can search for ask transgender that's a-s-k transgender and that will take you to their subreddit where you can go on there and if you want to know more i used it myself uh long before uh i started this show um, I, I had planned this show to be with a friend of mine who's a homosexual and he just wasn't able to do it. And so, um, I had already bought the domain name, like I said. And so I said, well, I'll just have the, the whole idea of the, of the straight up gay podcast was because I'm the straight guy and he was the gay guy. And so that was our play on words. Well, when he wasn't able to do it, or at least not right away, he may join me as my co-host later on, but he wasn't able to do it right away. And I was like, well, man, I already bought the domain name, so I guess I'll just keep it like it is and try to involve the LGBT people as guests on my show. And that's how I got to this format. So when I was first planning on doing the show with him, I went on Ask Transgender months back and asked, you know, the people on there, you know, what is, this was when the bathroom bill uh, in North Carolina was getting a lot of press and, and it was still fresh out. And I had asked them, uh, man, I wish I could remember their phrasing, but it was like, you know, I'm doing a podcast about LGBT, you know, stuff. And I, what do you want people to know about what it is to be a transgender person? And that a lot of people responded. I got a lot of responses and I was happy to see that because I identified myself as a straight white guy 
on an Ask Transgender subreddit, and I got lots of responses. People were very encouraging, and because I was concerned about doing a show uh, with um, LGBT, you know, rights and and current events, and talking to people about it, and I thought that maybe because I'm a straight person that they wouldn't want me to be a voice for their community or something like that because I'm not a LGBT person. And they were all very supportive on that subreddit and encouraging. I think maybe one person kind of agreed with, yeah, maybe you shouldn't do it as a straight guy. Um, but other than that, I mean, I had overwhelming encouragement and support from those from the people on the the subreddit. And so I definitely have to give a plug out and a, and a kudos to the, uh, subreddit community of Ask Transgender. They were very good, and I agree with you that that is a great resource for people who are curious to find out more about what it's what it means to be a transgender person. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Even if you're cis and just have questions, they're great. They 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 are totally fine with cis people going in and asking questions if they're of a spirit to learn. Yeah. Now, obviously, if you're just going there to troll, please don't. But if you're going there to troll, I don't think that's going to stop you. Yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure the moderators are pretty good about trolling and stuff like that. So I don't think that there's much of a worry. If someone starts to troll, they probably would just, uh, you know, delete their comments or their posts. And I'm pretty sure the moderators would take a pretty good, you know, get a handle on it pretty quickly. So even if there are trollers, I don't think it's a big concern. Um, so if you wanted to be reached. Uh, do you want to plug anything that you do? If people wanted to reach out to you, do you want to share any, um, social media info or anything? If, if someone had more questions for you, do you want to share any of that? Maybe your email or anything like that? It's your call. I'm just asking if you want to share that on the show before we close out. Uh, you know, I really don't have any, uh, can't really at this moment. Well, they can always hit me up on my Reddit account, I suppose can't really give them an email address because I don't have any email addresses that aren't kind of directly somewhat linked to me. And I'd like to keep this bit on the down low. Okay. So but, if, um, if someone wanted to reach out to you on Reddit, what would your Reddit handle be? So it would be friends, all lowercase, capital K, no. So like the K in capital, mm-hmm. my main. So basically it's camel case at, or after uh, <laughs> that's way confusing after. i don't think anyone's gonna get that do you want to try that yeah one more it'll, time? it'll put it on that it's friends know my main and every letter after friends or every word after friends is capitalized okay so, so friends what, know my name with a capital k yeah. and no and yeah. m in my and n in name and yeah and m in main um and that's because when i made the reddit account like forever ago it was when I was doing my initial, like, how do you guys figure this out? Like, what's going on here? What's up? Like, I need, I need, you know, the whole help stuff. And it was designed to be a throwaway. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I've been using it for like four or five years now. And like, I have like 8,000 comic karma on it or something stupid. Like, yeah. Well, I know. Um, so we're just going to wrap up here. And uh, I appreciate you being on the show. And since you were a co host, um, you are now personally vested in the show, so I expect you to help share out and get listeners for the show because you were my guest co-host for today. Sounds good. All right. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Uh, you can always support organizations that support LGBTQ people like the Trevor Lifeline that helps people who are um, 
considering suicide because they don't know how to deal with um, being an LGBTQ person or they may be struggling with it. Please, if you want to support LGBTQ people, you can always support those organizations. Um, you can always email me if you have questions at uh, major at straightupgaypodcast.com, spelled just like it sounds. You can follow us on Twitter at S-U-G podcast, and you can follow me on facebook.com at uh, facebook.com slash straightupgaypodcast, or you can just search for Straight Up Gay Podcast. Uh, and you can always go and listen to this show once I get it edited and posted at www.straightupgaypodcast.com. And thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, that's our show. I hope you enjoyed it. And please see us next time on episode three. Can you take me to the mall to get a dress? Okay. First of all, I'm so glad you felt comfortable enough to come to me with that. And you know what? If this is something you want to explore... Oh, it's not for me. It's for Molly. But you handled that really well. <laughs>